Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with those who sow in tears as we pick up in Psalm chapter 126, verse 4. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I think that the attitude with which we go forth is so important. Paul the Apostle said, For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory may be to God and not of us. The glorious treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the glorious treasure of the word of God, it's in this earthen vessel. Jesus Christ dwelling in me, the most valuable thing in the universe, in this cheap, common clay pot. Earthen vessel is a clay pot. It's a a pot made out of earth, out of clay. So God has taken the glorious treasure and he's put it in this common old clay pot. Now, anytime I think that this pot is important, then I'm a crackpot. <laughs> God did the ridiculous in order that we would not glory in the pot, in the vessel, but that we would glory in the contents. Now, God wants me to pour forth his love to the needy world around me in such a way that they are captivated by him, not by me. That they're drawn to him, not to me. So my attitude in going forth is so important For if I go forth in a haughty attitude, well, here I am, you lucky people, you know. (laughs) And you go forth with this haughty air. God will put you down. (laughs) He that humbleth himself shall be exalted, but he that exalteth himself shall be abased. And God has interesting ways of abasing a person. Just really letting you fall right on your face in front of everybody. You know, just when you're trying to show how graceful and, you know, marvelous you are, then boom, right on your nose. In going forth, it should always be with that sense of Ah, oh God, I am nothing. But what a glorious treasure I have to share with the world. What a privilege to be a servant of God and to be the instrument through which God works. Never, oh God, I understand why you chose me. You made a good deal when you got me, Lord, you know. (laughs) I heard of this church that had just called a new minister fresh out of seminary. And he had graduated magna cum laude. And he really thought that he had it all together. 
And so his first Sunday morning, he came in dressed impeccably, cuff at the right length, and his sermon was just homiletically perfect. And, you know, just everything was just, I mean, he was the epitome of perfection. Came in with that, folks, I've got it together kind of an attitude, you know. And how fortunate you are that you've called me to be the pastor of your church. <laughs> but as he tried to deliver his message, he got confused. He got mixed up. He lost his place. He couldn't get it together. The thing just fell apart and, and, and was in shambles. And finally, he just stood there, and, and he was just so confused, he couldn't say anything. And he just broke down, and he started to weep. And he turned and left, just broken, when a dear little saint down towards the front turned to her friend and said, if he had come in like he went out, he would have gone out like he came in. That's pretty much what this psalm says. He who sows in tears will reap in joy. Going forth, weeping, bearing the precious fruit, you'll doubtless come again, bringing the harvest, the sheaves with you. Our attitudes, so important. Psalm 127 is a psalm that is important for all of us to really get implanted deep in our hearts, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. I spent far too many years laboring in vain trying to build the Lord's house, trying to build the Lord's church. I used every gimmick that came down the pike. And there's a lot of them. There's people that are cranking out programs every day, sending them out to churches, and you can buy all kinds of programs church growth programs and financial programs. And, and we get letters all the time of, you know, some new program that they've devised for church growth or whatever. They'll come out for a fee and do a demographic on your community and determine just, you know, what kind of a program you should enter into to attract the community that you're in. And these sociological demographics, they've got everything all figured out. It's just like, if you're trying to merchandise uh, peanuts, you know, in an area, they'll come out and they'll take a survey of the people and find out just how to package the peanuts to sell them best, you know. Well, they go best in a little cellophane wrap or a little box or, or do you need a can, you know, and, and the colors and everything else. They've got the whole thing doped out. Well, they've got them doped out for churches, too. And, and I... I worked every program that I could trying to build the church of Jesus Christ. 
all to no avail. I was laboring in vain. Except the Lord built the house. You're spinning your wheels. It's just a lot of futile effort. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman wakes up in vain. Unless God, unless God keeps our house, unless the Lord builds our house, you know, you're just worrying in vain. You can't do anything. We've got to just trust the Lord. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. Now, not to rise up early to work, but to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. You know, a lot of people pound the pillow all night long, worried about things. It's vain. Spend the night worrying. Now, the psalmist begins to talk about the family and the family ties and the strength of the nation is in the strength of the family and recognizing that this principle is true. He turns now his attention towards the family and declares, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Years ago, we were living in Tucson, Arizona and we had a captain in the Air Force that was living next door to us. And they were a very friendly couple, Jim and Jan, and their three daughters. And because our driveways were adjacent to each other, according to the sociological books, if your driveway is adjacent to your neighbor's driveway, then you'll get acquainted with that neighbor. It's a sociologically compatible homes. And it's interesting in the demographics, sociological demographics, according to where your driveway is and where your house is in the block and so forth, they can show you which houses you'll be friends of the neighbors and so forth around. It's, it's some crazy deal and they've worked it all up. But uh, we had sociological compatible driveways and so we got acquainted with them. <laughs> and through our acquaintance, Jan came to receive Jesus Christ. And ultimately, Jim accepted the Lord. Shortly after Jim accepted the Lord, he was transferred to Alaska. He was a pilot in the B-29s. And I got a letter from Jim, which I will treasure and prize as long as I live. Jim had been a professor at Cornell University prior to being recalled into the Air Force. And he wrote in his letter of his agnosticism that he had had, of his attitudes towards his three daughters. He said, I used to say that children were the scourge of the earth. And he said, I hated 
being tied down in marriage. And I hated being tied down by my girls. And he said, I couldn't wait to get away. I loved the missions where I would fly off overseas and all, and I could just get away from them for a while. He said, but since receiving Jesus Christ, since you're sharing his love with me and my finding out how glorious it is to know the Lord and follow him, he said, you know, I'm so lonely for my family, I can hardly wait for them to get things packed and get up here with me. He said, I have such a love for my little girls. He said, they're such a blessing. They're such a heritage, you know. And all oh, the way the Lord can turn things around in a person's life, giving us the true sense of value, for children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of his youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. So the quiver full of children. <laughs> they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Continuing to deal with the family and all, the next psalm. Blessed is everyone that feareth or reverences the Lord and walks in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of your hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Who is that? The man who reverences the Lord and walks in the ways of the Lord. You'll eat the fruit of your own labor. You'll be happy. It will be well with you. Your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house, and your children like olive plants round about the table. So all these little olive-skinned kids sitting around the table, you know, ah, I love it. Tan little faces, big smiles. Ooh. Behold that thus shall the man be blessed that reverences the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Now we're still coming towards Jerusalem and we're still looking forward to getting there. And thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. So you get to see your grandkids. And that's neat. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. So here is Israel, and look how many times they are being afflicted. Even still, 2,700, 800 years later after this psalm was written, still Israel being afflicted. Yet, hey, they haven't prevailed against her. She's still there. She's still a nation. She still stands up to the world. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows, but the Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turn back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetop which withers before it grows up. 
wherewith the mower cannot fill his hand, nor he that bindeth the sheaves of his bosom. Now on the roof, of course, dust will blow up on roof and sometimes grass seed and you'll have little sprouts of grass, but never enough to harvest. So let them be like the grass that just grows up on the roof. Neither do they which go by say the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. This is in a negative sense, but putting it in a positive sense, how glorious it would be to go by your neighbor and say, I bless you in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Blessings be upon thee. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Uh, I think it's another good phrase to pick up on. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my prayers or supplications. For if you, Lord, should start making a list, marking iniquities, oh, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that you may be reverenced. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. He shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So if the Lord should begin to keep an account of iniquities, none of us would make it. <laughs> oh, how thankful we are that with God there is mercy, there is forgiveness. Oh, how happy is the man whose sins are forgiven. With the Lord there is mercy and plenteous redemption. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things that are too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Lord, I'm just a simple person. I'm not complex. I don't try to deal with those matters that are above me or above, beyond my capacities in order that I might look sophisticated or wise or whatever. God, you know, I'm just a simple person. My heart isn't haughty. I'm not... I don't look loftily at people as though I am something. I know, God, my, the truth about myself. I know I am nothing. I'm just like a child, Lord, like a nursing child. My hope is in you forever. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. How he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes nor slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. David had determined that he was going to build a house for God. He, he said, I'm not going to rest until I build a house for God. It's not fair. I'm living in this beautiful palace and we still are worshiping God in a tent. God should have a temple, a beautiful house to worship him in. So it's not right. I'm not going to rest until I build a house for God. Great zeal. Lord, remember David. 
all of his afflictions and how he had determined to build the house. Lo, we heard of it at Euphrata. We found it at the fields of the wood. We will go into his tents. We will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou in the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. The Lord hath sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. God had sworn to David by an oath that from his the fruit of his body, there would sit one upon the throne forever. The prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it in judgment and in justice from henceforth even forever. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 126 through 132 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord bless you and be with you and keep you in His love through the grace of Jesus Christ as we look forward to that glorious day of the Lord when He comes for us that we might be with Him in His eternal kingdom, world without end. The Lord be your portion this week. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Do you want to know a great story about gang members, drug addicts, mental patients, society's rejects, and how God turned their lives around to use them mightily? It's all right here in the book Harvest. Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he tells the story of how God transformed the lives of 10 men to reach the world. 
Read the testimonies of Greg Laurie, Raul Reese, Mike McIntosh, John Corson, Skip Heitzik, and others, and see for yourself that if God can use these guys to spread the gospel worldwide, then God can use you too. To read a sneak preview of the book online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. I want to encourage you to check it out. This just might be the book to change a life of a loved one or even you. Visit thewordfortoday.org.